The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. to the Roto World Football Podcast. As you know, it is the most important podcast in the universe. My name is Josh Norris, here with you each and every Tuesday and Fridays. Meanwhile, Ray Summerlin hosts the Thursday episode, and Ray Summerlin also joins me on today's episode each and every Tuesday. This podcast will be slightly different than our typical ones. If you want the standard waiver content, you can check it out on rotoworld.com other than that ray we have to answer some people's questions out there i opened it up because i thought that was the easier way to do this episode maybe switch it up a bit but the question i have to you is happy star wars week are you ready i'm feeling i'm feeling pretty good i'm a little concerned because my local congressperson has a meet and greet that I would really like to go to, but it ends like an hour before my showing. So I might, Star Wars might make me become a worse citizen because I am, I just, I can't wait to see it on Friday at the local IMAX. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. I, I think that's allowed, by the way. It, I could just become, I just become a worse citizen. I'm becoming a better galactic citizen. There you go. That's one way to look at it. Even though the galaxy we were speaking of occurred a long time ago, right? How close was it? Was it was it real close or was it was it some distance? It was it was it was far far away. Absolutely, oh, okay. it was far far away. Uh, what I still have never understood though, Ray, is how the ships are sleeker and smooth in the prequels. Meanwhile, <laughs> from four on, it's jagged yep. and rough. But maybe hey, less money, less you uh, know, you know. There, there's you're there's not much it. we should do to try to explain the prequels. To be honest. You're, yeah, you're buying into a world with with talking shaggy dogs that are nine foot tall. So uh-huh. I'm like, I feel like I feel like you could just let that one go, you know, and and maybe just be a better citizen and, and do that. Uh, OK, let's now transition smoothly over into answering some people's questions. I asked them on Twitter. They responded and we've got a handful. A number of them are quarterback questions. And I know you want to start off with that anyways. Isaiah asks he needs some quarterback help with Big Ben versus the Patriots this week. Again, we're talking about week 15 here. Should I trust him at home, obviously against the Patriots, or look elsewhere on waivers? And I'm guessing waiver names include Nick Foles and Jimmy Garoppolo, among others. Yeah, and Blake Bortles, who Blake Bortles would be my top guy. And so I think the question there is, do you do you go with Bortles or you go with Ben Roethlisberger? And the reason this is a question, obviously, is because the Patriots have just been suffocating on defense for quarterbacks you know since that early run we remember them in that early run in fact that early run was so bad that they've still given up the seventh most fantasy points to quarterbacks so far this season at least heading into monday night but they've recently have been great in fact the last uh three quarterbacks that they face the last two teams that they face 
those quarterbacks have failed the top 10 points, including you know Matt Moore from Miami and both Tyrod Taylor and Nathan Peterman. Put that together, still didn't get to 10 points. This is a this is a tough matchup. But what you what you like about the situation for Ben is obviously he's been playing exceptionally well, and we saw him against the Ravens, a, a Ravens defense that is not what it once was because of some injuries, specifically to Jimmy Smith. But you saw him just shred the Ravens. But this is at home. And Big Ben at home, we've seen this split play out for, what is it, four years now I've been paying attention to this split, and it just happens over and over and over again. So I think with that perspective, also thinking that this is probably going to be a high-scoring game, I haven't looked at the totals yet. I assume it's going to be a pretty high total. I'm going to stick with Big Ben over any of the options. Like I said, Blake Bortles would be my top one, but I'm I'm going to stick with Ben over him. Let me ask a strategy question here. Say, and again, we established that we are playing Big Ben, and again, we are recording this before the Monday night contest, so unless somehow Jay Cutler puts up like 35 points on the uh, Patriots defense, you know, yeah. that's not what we are expecting here. Uh, but the strategy question I was alluding to is this. Say your opponent in Week 15 in the semifinals has Antonio Brown. Does that automatically make you play Ben Roethlisberger? Yeah, I've never looked at it that way, and I understand the correlation idea. In fact, I mean, obviously in in – in DFS, it's so important. But I've always, you know, this is a very simplistic way that I that I look at the world, and it's because I'm a very simple and dumb person. But I look to score the most points, no matter what's on the other side. I'm looking to score the most points. If I think Ben Roethlisberger gives me the most, the best opportunity to score the most points, I'm going to do that. I get the idea that you play him, and if if Antonio Brown has a big game, then he has a big game as well. But it doesn't really work that way anyway, because Antonio Brown could have a massive game, but if he's the only person that Ben Roethlisberger is able to throw to, then Ben would have a bad game or maybe not a great game. So I just I don't pay attention to those things. Perhaps I'm not smart enough to do it. Perhaps other smarter people could, but it doesn't. It just doesn't make sense to me. My goal is to score the most points, and I think that if Ben gives me the best opportunity to do that, which I, I think that this week he probably will in most situations, then I'm going to play him regardless of what's on the other side. Uh, let's go to one of the Mongos, who's another Twitter name, which is fantastic. I think uh, he asks or she, would I be nuts to start? Nick Foles over Kirk Cousins in Week 15. And I'll remind you that Kirk Cousins faces the Arizona Cardinals this weekend. Well, I mean, this is a question because Kirk Cousins hasn't really been good, and that offense hasn't been good as of late. You know, the Cardinals have a reputation as being a pretty good defense, but really from a quarterback perspective, that has not been the case. They did shut down Marcus Mariota this past week, but congratulations, everybody does that. They've given up the eighth most fantasy points to quarterbacks, they, you know, they have looked a little bit better lately. It looks like their other corners have been playing a little bit better. But I actually don't think that this is a particularly tough matchup. The concern you have is how banged up the offense is, how banged up the offensive line is, all of the problems that they're having there. But I think I'm still going to stick with Kirk Cousins over someone like Nick Foles. Now, it doesn't mean that I think that Foles is completely unusable. I think if you are really desperate at quarterback, he could be an option simply because they have such a good matchup against the Giants. I mean, we saw last week what Dak Prescott was able to do against them. That team is really banged up. We'll see what happens with Landon Collins. If Landon Collins is out. I mean, all bets are off at this point. Their corners are all, you know, are all hurt and gone. Eli Apple, they, there's talk he's going to be back this week, but there are things going on behind the scenes with him. So, yeah, I, it's such a good matchup for Nick Foles, and there's so much talent on that roster that I think that he is an option for people in deep leagues or people who are really desperate at quarterback. But I don't think he's an option over someone like Kirk Cousins. I'm ready to inject some positivity in this podcast. So let's discuss Aaron Rodgers returning. Jeremy Coe on Twitter 
asks, if since Aaron Rodgers is back, does that mean you have to and make them must plays Rodgers and Jordy Nelson? And they obviously face a difficult defense in the Carolina Panthers. I think I think that Aaron Rodgers, if he plays, is a must start no matter what. That's what you're going to do. Uh, to the Panthers' defense, they really haven't been as tough recently. I mean, we saw Case Keenum go for 282, although Adam Thalen, don't call me Thielen. Or is it the other way around? I it's Thielen, don't call me Thalen. But There's the one. you live in your own world, right? I do what I, I do. my names how I like to do them. They gave up 307 and 3 to Josh McCown. I, I don't think that that defense is – I don't know. There's something about that defense that's not as good as it was before, but at least against quarterbacks. So I'm not worried about Aaron Rodgers. The thing with Jordy Nelson is, I mean – Obviously, he was good before Aaron Rodgers was hurt. He's been bad when Aaron Rodgers was out. So if Aaron Rodgers comes back, you're going to say, oh, well, he's back and he's going to do it. But he's been getting the targets recently and just not been doing anything with them. I, yeah. I, I don't know off the top of my head what his target numbers are, but he's been getting pretty good target totals and it's just not happening. He's an older guy. Is it possible that we just we're starting to see the cliff? We're starting to see the end for him i mean he's got what five catches for 17 yards four catches for 33 yards i mean it's it's just not happening he's averages under 10 yards a game or under 10 yards a catch in what is it five of his last six games it just hasn't been there i would say i don't think jordy nelson is a must start i will have him much higher if aaron Rodgers plays than he has been i will have him in kind of that upside wide receiver three range so like late 20s early 30s kind of in that range but calling him a must start? No, I don't. I don't think I can do that at this point after what we've seen. Jared Goff or Aaron Rodgers this week? Jared Goff has the Seattle Seahawks. Aaron Rodgers, because I, I mean, first of all, it's it's not a great matchup. Despite you know Blake Bortles had those long those long plays, it's still not a great matchup against the Seahawks. And I just I, I'm not going to sit Aaron Rodgers if he's playing. Like I know yeah. I know. And, I, and to be no, fair, right now at this moment we don't even know if he's back yeah, necessarily. A- absolutely. Uh, and I know Rich Rebar says all the time you don't trust people coming off a long injury layup, and I understand the logic behind that, and it's pretty sound. But, um, but, but Aaron we're talking Rogers about one of the greatest of all time here. Yeah, exactly, basically. Aaron Rodgers is different. And I know I bring it up like every single week, but have you looked at Brett Hundley's next gen stats passing chart? Um, is it is it of, all of, to Devontae I think he threw the ball forty six times last week. Does that sound right, or was it thirty um, six? Uh, it was actually a lot. It's, I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but it was quite a bit. might have been 46 then. Yeah. Of that, six passes traveled more than 10 yards down the field in the air. Only one was complete, and it was that busted coverage to Jamal Williams, I believe. Like, almost everything was within seven yards. And, so and that bodes ex- well And that bodes well again for Jordy Nelson. If for he sure. gets, If they stop start using him downfield again. So, yeah, I'm, that's an interesting idea. I probably will be more bullish on Jordy Nelson by the end of the week than I am right now. It's just... It's hard to get what he's been the last several games out of your head. Any trickle down here to Jamal Williams? Positively or negatively? I mean, I think any time your offense is scoring more points, that's positive for the running back. And maybe some of the running work goes away, but what's really positive for Jamal Williams was that he stayed involved in this game, even though they were down, even though they were passing, still easily outsnapped Aaron Jones. He is the workhorse back. Like, yep. that's what he's going to be. So I think that he's him in there with Aaron Rodgers – Maybe if he loses some carries, he's going to get some more targets. I think it'll be a wash and more scoring opportunities. That's obviously good for everybody. Ray, I'm going to spring this on you, but you are perfectly happy with it because I know you love Blue Apron. So let's spend a moment to talk about Blue Apron. I know many times people say, hey, we're having burgers for dinner. Rather than have like regular burgers, why don't you talk about short rib burgers with hoppy cheddar sauce and a pretzel bun and you're preparing seared steaks 
with thyme, pan sauce with mashed potatoes the next night with green beans and crispy shallots, all in under 45 minutes with Blue Apron. Ray, does that sound like a common occurrence in your household, especially, as we put it, romantic time between you and your wife? First of all, it's not. But uh, I do not believe you. This is the (laughs) image I have in my head each and every week when we talk about Blue Apron. Yeah, that's not disturbing at all that you have image, but the, uh, <laughs> but I, but yeah, it's it's fantastic. In fact, we we had Blue Apron delivery just last week, and you have, you know, it's great. It, we don't cook them, you know, even every night, but you have a couple of nights there in a row where it's just you're going to different places. It's a pasta dish, it's a chicken dish. In fact, we had a chicken dish last night, which was very good. It was like a baked with with like parmesan on it, and had some sweet potatoes off to the side, and it was delicious. And that's that's always the deal. It's always good. I've never had anything from Blue Apron that I, I didn't like. And like you mentioned, it's just a great, you know, kind of not romantic. Nope, it is. But it's a great time to, everybody gets off work, you get home and in the kitchen, yep. you make this great meal, you sit there and you talk, and you debrief from the day. And it's just a good way to spend time nope, together. I, I, I do not believe that you two talk. I believe, this is what happens, <laughs> that you put on some like slow Christmas music that you each pour yourselves like a, yes. a heavy, yes, I'm listening to a, a full yeah. glass of red wine, and Deontay, you just yes. like swoon and give each other the eyes while you're making all this incredible food. And that you, food is provided to you by Blue Apron. Again, Blue Apron is treating Roto World football podcast listeners to their first three meals, a $30 value with your first order, if you visit blueapron.com slash roto fb so check out this week's menu and get your 30 dollars off with free shipping at blueapron.com slash roto fb okay this is from sw serious wilt what happened to mike evans can we rely on him in the fantasy playoffs i looked up mike evans matchups as the season goes along and they are not easy is a one way to put it they they haven't been easy ahead of that oh i guess the green bay one was but Last week against Detroit, that wasn't a great matchup. That was one where you didn't really expect him to go off. And what I think was disappointing, because of Darius Slay, obviously, what I think was disappointing about his season so far is that we were expecting him to do a Michael Thomas, I think. And he had been so consistent in beginning the targets, been getting the catches, but he just really hadn't exploded. Although I will say, you know, he had four touchdowns the first six weeks, which is pretty nice. But he had never, but he had never exploded. And we said, all right, he's going to keep getting these targets. In the last two weeks, he has six targets. Five targets, 33 yards, 25 yards. And I I really don't know what to think about Mike Evans at this point. I They're going up against Atlanta. That's not a terrible matchup. Carolina, that's not a great matchup. New Orleans, obviously, that's in week 17, so most people are done by then. I'm not that scared of starting him in Atlanta. And in fact, I think on most teams, he's going to be one of your two or three best options. So I don't I don't really know what the point of point of our analysis is here. But the fact that his targets have gone down the way that they've gone down, the fact that he just hasn't been able to create big plays that entire offense really even with Deshaun Jackson hasn't been able to create big plays I'm worried about it and like you mentioned the matchups are not great is this going to be a situation where where he sinks your fantasy season you put him in there yeah I, I don't know like I I wish I had a better answer but you're willing to take that risk just to have the L and not miss out on a possible like big performance well, because, because he, he's an he's a name unless you have like you know Adam Thielen sitting as your fourth wide receiver and you just kill the draft right yeah, and the thing is, is that the last time they faced Atlanta, he should have had two touchdowns, right? Right. So, like, he's been close a couple times. The fact that he didn't smash in Green Bay is was very disappointing. The fact that he struggled in Detroit makes sense. The fact that he didn't didn't do well in Green Bay is disappointing. But I'm willing to give him another shot because he's Mike Evans and because we know what that upside can be. 
And if we're talking about ceiling plays for the playoffs, like you don't get many better ceiling plays at your disposal than having Mike Evans out there. And you obviously want to win in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, okay. Yeah, and I saw that actually brings me to another question. I, I saw a question that said something like, what's your philosophy on playing these ceiling plays yeah. versus your studs? Well, your studs are your ceiling plays. That's why they're your studs. Right. The reason why those guys go high is because they are – they're not just reliable options. They're guys that you think can go out there and do a DeAndre Hopkins and get you 40 points and I, win you a week. I will say this weekend with two Saturday games could make things a little bit interesting heading into the Sunday performances. Um, so we'll see. Uh, okay, Footsteps Falco. This is at Fab Falco on Twitter. Fab Falco. With Robert Woods returning, most likely, we think. How do you view him and Cooper Cup? Are they still both plug-in plays? Well, I thought they were both plug-in plays Cooper Cup to a much lower extent before the injury. So I'll go ahead and, and I'll go ahead and say, yeah, I do think that it hurts Cooper Cup. I think that the target volume that he's been seeing recently, you're going to expect that to decrease a little bit. And, you know, he's made some big plays and he's scoring some touchdowns, which the touchdowns, that's something that based on how he has been used in the red zone all year, I think you would expect to happen. So he finally got one last week. But I don't know if that yardage upside is going to stick around. Those big plays are going to stick around. It wasn't where he was. So I would expect his targets to maybe come back down. Although now looking at it, I, I guess I thought he was getting more targets than he's been getting. He only had seven last week. He only had six the week before that. So I guess I was thinking that 11 game. So yeah, maybe Cooper Cup stays about the same. Robert Woods comes right back up into where he was. Matchup against Seattle. Again, I know they're banged up. I still don't think that's a great one. But then get Tennessee after that, San Francisco after that. I love Robert Woods as like a running, uh, the wide receiver two the rest of the way. And then with Cooper Cup, I think he's kind of in that that wide receiver three range. I think he, you have to bounce him down a little bit. But this passing offense, when it's not in tough spots, I think this passing offense is going to keep working. Ray, I need to say this before we go. If your name is Uma or Ursula or Uriah or Umberto or anyone out like that out there, please subscribe to this podcast if you have not. And if you have, you know, leave a rate, a review. It helps us out, especially as we transition over from regular season to NFL playoffs and then to draft season. We'll have plenty more podcasts ahead of you. Again, for more standard waiver stuff, you can check out Ray's waiver column over at rotoworld.com. That's for me. I'm Josh Norris. That is Ray Sumlin. He'll be back with you on Thursday, and I'll be back on Friday on this very episode or I should say very podcast. We'll talk to y'all soon. See ya.